Great stuff, great stuff. Well, good to see everybody. You good-looking bunch of Christians. It is gonna, we're going to have a great morning here together today. Welcome. Kia ora, nihau, anyong haseyo. It's so good to have so many nations here gathered with us, and it really is a great privilege. Look, I know Liz is going to talk a bit about this later, uh, but just a quick heads up. We've got a business breakfast coming up uh, this coming Saturday morning. Uh, we really believe in our business people, and we believe that um, actually a little bit of extra tailored uh, help can really make a difference. And so we've invited a, a good friend of mine who's a business consultant and coach over from Melbourne to be with us just for the weekend. He's going to be speaking on Sunday morning as well. Um, but if you're involved in any way in business, um, we would love to, I would love you to come and join with me. Uh, we've got our very own Mark Dronchek is going to be cooking breakfast, $5, uh, 7.30. You're going to really enjoy the input from uh, Graham Lauritsen. Uh, he's outstanding and co-founder of an organisation called CoLab in Australia. So if you want to come, you need to sign up today, last time, because we've got to uh, cater for this. So you can grab a Connect card, oh, it's on your seat, um, or somewhere near you, grab a pen, write on there your details. Yes, I'm coming to the, to the business breakfast next Saturday morning. Put it in the offering bag when it comes through, uh, or you can take it to the info desk, but it's going to be a great Saturday morning next week. So we'd love to have you along. Um, I hope the car parking is going all right. We're going to be um, moving some of our staff and dream teamers around soon to try and alleviate some of the stress out there. But, um, boy, the more we look at it, the more, more stressful it appears to be. We had some great visitors with us last Sunday uh, from uh, a church in America. They were just here on holiday, which was lovely, and, and uh, they came up to me at the door afterwards and said, hey, just so you know, from the perspective of some outsiders who don't come here every week, said your car parking is nuts. You need to do something about it. So that was, uh, that was just a great little bit of confirmation. So we're going to be working on that as we go forward. So again, if you've got any comments or thoughts about how we can improve our car parking or if we should go to multiple services, which is what we're currently uh, considering, then we would certainly love to hear your opinion and your thoughts on that. That would be great. Well, last week we looked at the problem that we all have, the last couple of weeks, which is that often in life it is difficult for us uh, if not impossible, to change from one mindset to another, change from one set of behaviours to another, especially when uh, what we're told or, or what we read doesn't kind of make sense to us in the moment. If we can't rationalise our way through to a decision, sometimes we can find ourselves stuck. Yet, as the great theologian and philosopher Soren Kierkegaard says, there are some times when the only rational way forward is a leap of faith, a leap of faith. You know, and some of us, um, I know that uh, we work in fields that we are deeply passionate about and we love going to work every day, uh, but the reality is, is that some of us don't as well. Some of us are involved in things because we need the paycheck, because we've got to provide for our family, etc., and that's really important. But, you know, it's hard, isn't it? And maybe you're in a job even that you do love, but we all have seasons when we don't love it, and in those times, it's difficult, isn't it, to see your work as something more meaningful and significant than what you currently feel that it is. I remember many years ago when I got a job in retail in a bookshop, uh, I was absolutely delighted because I love books. And uh, I have no idea what foolish thinking led me to believe that working in a bookshop would avail me of reading books. Uh, that was a little fantasy that I didn't think through because, of course, I don't think I read any books from that bookshop when I was working in the bookshop because I'm not there to read books, right? I'm there to clean shelves and uh, count erasers 
and stock stationary trays and all those sorts of fun things. And I remember being in that job, and honestly, retail did not fit me. It did not suit me. And I just, I just, I hated it. I'll be honest. I just, man, I hated that job. I just did not like that at all. It drove me completely nuts. And you know, I, 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 I've always been a reader. So I'm reading books about how, you know, you've got to love your work and you've got to, you know, you've got to be able to step into that thing. And, and man, I just, I really found that hard to get to the place of. I really found it difficult to cross that ditch of, I just don't like this job. I just don't want to be here. I just don't want to do this. You know, people say, man, you have to, you, what you really need is you really need to change your attitude. When all I, all I really wanted was I just wanted to, to, to get sick so I could go home and have a day off. That's actually what I wanted, as tragic as that may sound. And, and I know some of you feel that way sometimes in your job as well. You know, it's difficult, right? It's difficult sometimes to make that leap of faith. Sometimes you can't just reason your way there. Uh, but I believe that there are times in our lives when a leap of faith is so, so important to live the life that God has called us to lead. Amen. And interestingly enough, many, uh, a couple of years later, I did make that leap in a moment of desperation. And all of a sudden, my retail job became completely transformed for me when I realized that actually I can see this and this can be a place for me where I can make a difference in other people's lives. Where I can literally light other people up. I can have people come in here and I can be the answer to whatever their need is. And when I caught a vision of that, it absolutely transformed it for me. And I, I remember the, the day I first trialed it. It was a hot day. I'm in this store with no air conditioning. I am almost going nuts with the mundane nature of this job. And I just made that leap one day. And I decided, the next person who comes in the door, I'm going to absolutely make it their day. And I did. And the thrill it gave me, the sense of satisfaction it gave me, was astonishing. You know, I promise you that you will come to moments in your work life, and by work life I mean whatever your nine to five is. For some of us, the work life is looking after children. For some of us, our work life is studying at school or university. For some of us, our work life uh, is going to a job or running a company or whatever it is that we do. But I'm telling you, the moments will come when you have to make some leaps of faith to stay on track with what God has for you. And uh, so I want to talk this morning about three leaps that we will need to make at some point in our work life, in our nine to five. And the first one is this, you need to make the leap into ministry. You need to make the leap into ministry. And I'm not saying quit your job. I'm saying you need to see your job if God has called you there, and even if God hasn't called you there, but if he's opened the door for you to be there, you need to see your job as the place that you minister on behalf of the Lord. You just need to make that leap. This is no longer my drudgery. This is no longer my This is actually my ministry. And when I rock up every day, I'm doing this for the Lord. I'm doing this to make a difference in people's lives, and it will transform everything if you can make that leap. You see, in the Bible, the word ministry is actually the word that, if we're being literal, we simply translate that as our place of service. The word is diakonos, and it just means to serve. And so actually ministry, while in the Christian church we like to build it up as something special, my ministry, your ministry, our ministry, what we're really saying is we are servants of others. <laughs> That's what we're saying, people. And we're here to serve others. That's what ministry is. And 
you know, and, and when it comes to this, if you can get in your head that actually what you're going to do when you go to work is you are going to serve others. You are going to light other people up. You're going to meet their needs. You're going to find a way that this is going to be the best day of their life that will absolutely transform your experience of the majority of your waking hours. And how do we do that? Well, many of you will have heard of Maslow's hierarchy of needs. I think this is such a great starting point. Maslow was a very interesting bloke who came up with this idea within the field of psychology that there is a hierarchy of needs. And the point that Maslow made was we cannot meet people's higher needs unless we meet their lower needs. Someone who is hungry does not care about your spiritual perspective on the world. Someone who is thirsty or does not have somewhere to sleep does not care about having peak experiences and having moments of incredible joy. They just want to put food in their belly. They just want to get to a place of security and safety for them and their family. Maslow's hierarchy of needs from the bottom to the top are as follows. Firstly, the bottom level is physiological needs. These are the basic requirements for human survival. Food, drink, shelter, clothing, warmth. The next level up is what Maslow called safety, the safety needs, protection from the elements, security, order, law, a sense of stability, a sense of freedom. Then the next level of needs up are love and belonging, and this includes friendship, intimacy, trust, acceptance, receiving and giving affection and love. And then that fourth level up is esteem, that idea of dignity, of achievement, of, of mastery of skills, of a sense of independence. And then the highest level is self-actualization, around realizing our personal potential, self-fulfillment, growth, peak experiences, a desire to become all that we were created to be. Now, how does this relate to what we do when we're out doing our job? I want to say to you, sometimes we go out, we think that, oh, well, I, I'm just working in a factory. I'm just, I'm at home with my, with my kids or I'm studying. How do I see this as ministry? Well, you see it as ministry by starting with whatever the felt needs are of the person in front of you. What is the need they are presenting with? How can you be a part of helping meet that need? Because if you can meet those needs, then you will later in time be able to meet the higher needs, the spiritual needs that we all have as well. You know, there was this one time when Jesus was dealing with a, a bunch of people who were quietly criticizing him because he spent time with the kind of people they thought as lesser, that they thought as losers, actually. These people were a waste of time in their perspective. And, and these guys couldn't understand why someone like Jesus, what was he doing? What's he thinking? He's... he's, he's by spending time with these guys, he's actually kind of condoning their behavior. That's what they thought. Because, you see, Jesus, just shortly before, had stopped and ministered to a crippled woman. Why would you do that from their perspective, a crippled woman? You know, there's something going on in her life that's caused this. We don't want to have anything to do with her. She cannot come into the temple to worship God. You know, like, that's a lesser form of, of humanity in these people's eyes. And yet Jesus would do that. He would stop and he would minister to a crippled person. He, he would stop when some mum came up with their rowdy kid so that Jesus could bless their child. This is the kind of thing that Jesus would do. He would welcome a sinner, a dodgy business person, or a dirty manual labor. He would, he would sit down in a cafe with them for lunch. He would spend time to get to know them personally. But these religious guys didn't get it because this was not the action of a religious influencer within their sphere of understanding. 
And so what Jesus did, he told them a story. I love how Jesus does this. He told them a story that they could relate to, to explain his actions from God's perspective. He told the story of a shepherd. You know, now, shepherding was essential business in Israel at the time of the temple. These guys provided the sheep and the lambs for the temple sacrifices. And huge numbers of these animals were required at certain times of the year, like Passover. Jerusalem even had a special entrance into the city for all this livestock to be brought in. It was called the Sheep Gate. And and this is what Jesus said to these guys in Luke chapter 15. It's in your notes if you've got notes this morning. Suppose one of you has 100 sheep and he loses one of them. Doesn't he leave the 99 in the open country and go after that lost sheep until he finds it? And when he finds it, he joyfully puts it on his shoulders and he goes home and he calls his friends and neighbors together and says, Rejoice with me, I found my lost sheep. And you see, the way Jesus tells it, it's a familiar story to these religious guys. The shepherd leaves the 99 to go after the one. The Pharisees would have been nodding. That's good business practice. You can't just afford to lose your inventory. You can't just afford to lose your stock. That's smart. And then Jesus says, in the same way, I'm going after the ones who are in danger of wandering off. I'm happy to leave the 99 and go and get the one because they matter. And the the Pharisees wouldn't have liked it, but they sure would have got what Jesus was saying. You see, a shepherd could only grab them one at a time. They didn't have tractors with caged trailers back in the day where you could drive out and load them all up and gather them up and bring them home. In today's post-Christian society, I would suggest that actually the story almost needs to be flipped around in our society. I would suggest that the story would have to be told like this. A shepherd had 100 sheep and 99 of them scattered and wandered away. But I don't think that 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 the response of Jesus would change at all. He would leave them and go after them one at a time. Ministry is one at a time, people. And in your job, in your studies, at home, remember the power, just like what Jesus did. Remember the power of serving one person at a time, meeting one person's needs at a time. That is ministry, and that will change the world. Is that a leap that you need to make? The second leap I believe we need to make uh, in this whole area of our work life, our nine to five, is the leap into prayer. Now, you know, I know, I know we all chat away to Jesus and we talk to him in the car on the motorway because we've got so much time on the motorway. And, and I know we do these things, but I'm talking about a different thing here. Sometimes we face obstacles in our work life. That no matter how much we try to negotiate, no matter how much we take reasonable steps towards it, it just seems we can't break through it. Sometimes we face opposition or people, and no matter what we do, we just can't seem to shift this. It seems to be something we're heading up against again and again and again. And I believe that one of the things Jesus calls us to do at times like that is to take a leap into really significant prayer. You know, Hudson Taylor, the great missionary to China, man, he was a smart man. Right, He became fluent in Mandarin so that he could speak to the Chinese he was trying to read. He, he, ditched, uh, he ditched missionary um, kind of ideology of the time, and he took on Chinese dress. 
and he wore the exact same clothes as the average Chinese person did that he was trying to reach, which went totally against missionary protocol at the time, but he was so committed to that. And yet, despite being such a good and godly man, he still regularly came up against belligerent people, came up against people completely opposed to the gospel and what he was trying to do. And so Hudson Taylor learned to go to prayer, to make that leap. He said this, he said in his later years, he says, I can move a man through God by prayer alone, and I have proven it a thousand times. That is my favorite quote right now. I can move a man through God by prayer alone, and I have proved it a thousand times. You know, sometimes we need to make the leap into prayer significant prayer. You know, there was this one time when Jesus was trying to get his disciples to make the leap into prayer. And he told the story about a lady and a judge. It's recorded in Luke 18. And he said this, in a certain town, there was a judge who neither feared God nor cared what people thought. And there was a widow in that town who kept coming to him with the plea, grant me justice against my adversary. So, She went to court because there was someone in her life who was opposed to her, who was stopping her as a widow from getting justice. And she didn't just put a petition at court. She didn't just turn up one day and the judge says, I'm not interested, go away. And she's facing a judge here who is not compassionate, who is not particularly interested in justice. But she decides to make the leap. She makes the decision that she's going to turn up every day. Every day until she gets what she wants. Whether that take a week, a month, a year, or the rest of her days, she's turning up every day. This is the point that Jesus is trying to get across to his disciples. Sometimes you've got to make that leap into significant prayer. And in the end, she does. She gets the justice that she wants. And Jesus says, I'm using this terrible example And your heavenly Father is good. He is not corrupt. He's not withholding from you. How much more will he answer your prayers when you're facing an adversary if you will come to him and come to him and come to him? And Jesus goes on and says, he will see that you get justice and that you get it quickly. How many times, I wonder, do we find ourselves facing adversarial people day in and day out, week in and week out, when we just haven't gone to God in significant prayer and said, God shift it, God move it, God help me, God do something, God change me if you need to change me, but if not, God bring me justice in this situation. You know, one of our kids uh, is doing a degree at university. In fact, we've got three of them studying this year. Um, but one, one of our kids has had a, a pretty challenging year. Uh, and she found that in the course she was doing, she was given a really hard time because she was young and because she's a Christian. The tragedy is, that should never happen. Not in this day and age. You actually can't get away with that stuff anymore. You cannot discriminate anymore. And yet our daughter found it a really tough time. A few days ago, <laughs> and she's about to start her second year, don't laugh. She came to me and she said, oh, Dad, someone just contacted me and said, hey, I'm really praying for you right now. What, what, what do you want me to pray for? And she, she said to me, what should I get her to pray for for me? I said, are you kidding me? This guy! Get her to pray for this guy. So Ali went away. This is an absolute true story. 24 hours later, the next day when she was in class, one of her other lecturers let it slip that this guy has just resigned. 
Now, I'm not interested in seeing people resigning or losing jobs. I mean, this guy's got a better opportunity, apparently, a much better opportunity. And I'm all pleased for him. Good on him. That is fantastic. I'm excited for him. <laughs> Do you want to know the funny thing? He's now one of my lecturers this year. I'm glad you got a sense of humor, Lord, and I'm sure you've got a plan. Praise Jesus. But I'm telling you, someone's got to make the leap in a prayer. And if we do, God can change stuff. God can shift stuff. You know, God is so gracious. He went and shifted that problem from my gorgeous girl and gave it to me. Thank you, Jesus. I'll take it. I'm okay with that. That's just fine. Sometimes we've got to make a leap. Is that a leap that you need to make today? I tell you, God answers prayer. Amen. The third leap is this. Gosh, I shouldn't say some things from the front, should I? The third leap is this. That sometimes we need to make the leap into holiness. You don't want to be that lukewarm Christian. You don't want to be that Christian that when other people find out you're a Christian, they're like shocked and they don't believe it because they've seen how you talk, how you behave, the things that you do. You don't, you don't want to be that person. Paul says it again and again through Scripture, be holy. You are called to be holy. It's actually a, it's part of the Christian life is to be holy. The writer of Hebrews says this in Hebrews 12, make every effort to live in peace with everyone and to be holy. Every effort to be holy. And then he says this, without holiness, no one will see the Lord. That's interesting, right? You want God to turn up? You won't see God turning up if you're not living holy. And this has nothing to do with preaching at people or being obnoxious simply has to do with standards. It's about having standards of honoring God, standards of respecting yourself, and standards of how you treat others. Holiness is simply raising your standards to Jesus' standards. That's all. I remember when I was a high school teacher, um, we had a fantastic staff room in the school that I was working in. Uh, and it had, this, it had this large area, the main area of the staff room, and it had this little room off the back which, um, which was originally a room where all the staff kind of notifications and mail and stuff went. Uh, but many years before, someone had put a pool table in there, which was awesome. And so any time we had uh, all the staff were hanging out, uh, all, the, all the ladies, I'm, am I going to get in trouble? I don't know if I'm going to get in trouble. I might get in trouble. You know, I'm just telling you what happened. All the ladies would sit in the main area and all of the guys, the male teachers, would jam into the pool room and all play pool which was kind of fun. I, I, I enjoyed a game of pool. Um, but what would happen, as you can imagine, when you've got a bunch of non-Christian guys together in a small room around a pool table, it usually didn't take long before someone started telling some pretty rough jokes. And you and I know the problem, there are two problems with rough jokes, right? Number one is that we shouldn't be listening to stuff like that. Number two, sometimes they're really funny. And so as to not find myself laughing at inappropriate jokes, whenever the jokes got a bit rough, uh, I would just hand my cue to someone else just quietly. I just, I got to go. I just grab my stuff and I just quietly wander out of the room. I would absent myself from that because I, because I had some standards. And, and what blew me away was one day towards the end of the year, one of the teachers bailed me up. And he said to me, he said, you, sir, are my hero. And I thought he was taking the mickey out of me. I said, whatever. He goes, no, 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 no. He goes, he goes, he goes you're, my, you're my hero, and I'm going to tell you why. Because I see you. 
I see you in that pool room when the boys start telling dirty jokes. And you don't judge anybody. You don't call anybody out. But you make us all aware of what your standards are. Because you just quietly get up and you leave the room. He said, I just need to tell you, you're my hero. It's interesting, isn't it? See, there was this one time when Jesus was just getting started teaching a bunch of people when uh, a group of these religious guys turned up dragging this woman that they had caught in adultery. And they said this in John chapter 8, Teacher, this woman was caught in the act of adultery, and the Lord Moses commanded us to stone such woman. Now, what do you say? Now, we're using this question as a trap in order to have a basis for accusing him, but Jesus bent down and started to write on the ground with his finger. Hopefully you know the story. It's, it's a pretty familiar story. And what I love about this, I love Jesus. He's just the master, right, of any situation. He never gets faced. He never loses the plot. He's just stunning. But what I love about this is Jesus is also, he's always holy. He always has standards. He didn't play their games. He didn't get into mudslinging. He didn't tell them off for their hypocrisy. He didn't point out what each one of them were doing, which would have just as equally broken the law of Moses. He didn't call them out individually, and he didn't judge her. He was holy. And when it became necessary, he quietly stood up for this, this poor young lady, this woman who's being used and abused for other people's ends. And with great wisdom, he let everyone else judge themselves. And then when they had all left and it was just the two of them, he recommended to her that she sort her sin out. Jesus did it with such holiness, with such standards, with such dignity, with such wisdom. Holiness. See, we're called to be holy. And holy makes the difference. Why? Because God turns up in our holiness. I was at a, I was at a, a, a meeting of... Um, of leaders from all around the nation, um, from all sorts of different groups uh, several years ago. And we, the, the topic under discussion was, um, for, the, for the day, was how do we more effectively impact uh, the nation of New Zealand with Christianity through the different denominations and bits and pieces. And um, in the midst of the discussion, uh, a young, younger person who had a particular ministry was was kind of being introduced to the group and the whole thing. And, um, and then what happened was one participant began to very strongly criticize this young guy. Criticized him for being parachurch, criticized him for not, for not being part of a local church, criticized his motives, criticized his results. He just laid into him like it was shocking. And he went on and on. And then when finally he stopped, you could have heard a pin drop. No one said anything. And it was just wrong, you know, like it was just wrong. What he said was wrong, how he said it was wronger, and I know that's wrong, it's not even a word. So I just, I just had to say something, you know. And so what I did was, I just uh, stepped up and I just spoke to the young guy being persecuted, and I honoured him. And I honoured him very specifically in front of everybody for what I had seen him do, and for what I knew his motives were, and for the results I knew he was getting. I just... I just honored him in front of the group. I didn't call out the behavior of the other guy. I knew he felt pretty small after I did it, but that was his fault, not mine. But someone had to do it. Someone had to step up. Someone had to, to bring a bit of holiness into it without slipping into bad behavior. 
It was a turning point in the meeting. It was exactly what I felt Jesus would have done. The leap of holiness. Is it something that you need to make today? Look, we'll get the team up now because we're just going to wrap this up. and We're going to take a minute now, like we have done in the last two weeks. And it's a minute for you to reflect. And I want you to ask yourself, is there... Is there a leap you need to make? Is it the, the leap of ministry? I remember so clearly when we had little kids and Liz was full-time mum at home with three small kids. I remember when she made the leap of ministry. She just announced to me one day, she says, I'm sick of this. I've decided I'm going to be the pastor at the school gate. I'm like, you're going to go and announce that you're the pastor at the school gate? She goes, no, I'm not going to say anything to anybody. But that is now my ministry. Twice a day, I find myself at our school gate with hundreds of mums. And there's all sorts of drama going on up there, I can tell you. She said, I'm going to be the pastor. And so every morning when Liz walked the kids to school and then every afternoon when Liz went and picked them up, she would just mix and mingle. She'd just talk to people. She would just try to find someone who was hurting and minister to them. And to my intense frustration, every single week, she had better ministry stories than me and I worked in a church. The power of making the leap. Do you need to make the leap of prayer? Are you hitting up against some tough obstacles? Maybe some tough people? Are you not getting justice? They're driving you crazy. Maybe you need to take the leap of prayer. Would you need to take the leap of holiness? Time to maybe pin your colors to the mast a little bit. Don't get all obnoxious. Just raise your standards and see what God will do because God turns up in that place. Or maybe it's something from last week in your church life. Do you need to make the leap of discipline or the leap of participation or the leap of trusting Jesus with what's going on in your world? Or maybe it's even from the very first week in your relationships. Do you still need to make a leap of forgiveness or the leap of unconditional love? Or the leap of honesty. What is it for you this morning? I'm going to ask you just to ask the Lord, is there a leap that He wants you to make? And if there is, wait to make the decision that you're going to do it. This week, you're going to commit to going and making that leap of faith. And if you would, I'd love you to grab a connect card. There's one on your seat or near it, and there's pens in the aisles. I'd love you to write that down before you go. You don't have to put your details. Just write down what your leap of faith is because once again this week as a staff, we would love to stand with you in prayer as you step out and take some ground for the kingdom. That would be an amazing thing. If you've, if you've made a leap of faith in the last few weeks and, and God's done something special, uh, we'd also love to have that as a praise report. Grab a connect card, write it down. It's so encourage the team. We'd appreciate that. But we're going to do that right now. And then in just a moment, we're going to sing together. And as we do, that'll be, and as we take up the offering, the baggers will come around, you put your offering in there, but you can also put your connect cards in the offering bag, and they will get to me and to us. That would be amazing. Look, if you're here today and you don't know Jesus, then I can't at the moment go without, without giving you an opportunity to take this leap of faith. You know, the Bible says that God so loved you that he gave his only son, that whoever believes in him will not perish but have eternal life. But you know, we're all sinners, right? And it's our sin that keeps us separated from God, and we don't, can't know him or experience his love. Jesus came and went to the cross for your sin and for mine. 
you know, through Him and through by receiving Him into our lives as our God and as our Savior. We can be forgiven. We can have a new start. He can make us new on the inside. It's an incredible, incredible thing. If that's you here this morning, if that's the leap you need to make, or maybe you've been far from God, you've drifted, you know it, and it's time to make that same leap and come back. Why don't you pray this prayer with me right now? Dear Lord Jesus, thank you that you love us. God, I am a sinner. And I confess that I have rejected you and held you at arm's length. But now I take a leap of faith. And I put my trust in you, Jesus. And I invite you to come into my heart and into my life. God, to forgive me and wash me clean. God, to give me a new start right here and right now. God, I receive you. I believe in you. Thank you for making me your child. In Jesus' name, amen. Can we keep our heads bowed just for one more moment? Because if you did pray that prayer this morning, I'd love to pray for you. Just, I just want to, I'm not going to embarrass you. I'm not going to pull you up here. I just, I want to know who I'm praying for when I pray this prayer this morning. So in a moment, I'm going to ask you if that's you to put your hand up and give me a wave and pull your hand back down again just so I can see who I'm praying for this morning. That would, uh, if you would take that brave step of faith, it would mean the world to me. So right now, if that's you, if you made that commitment today, if you prayed the prayer, would you put your hand up right now, give me a wave, pop it back down again, say, yeah, Mike, that was me. Would you include me in that prayer? Is anyone here this morning like me to include them in that prayer? Okay. I can't see anybody, but if that is you, let me just pray for you anyway. Mighty God, I thank you, Lord. Every decision made in here, God, a decision to invite you into our lives, Lord, or a decision to make a leap of faith in one of these areas. Father God, I pray, God, that you will fill us with courage, Lord, as we do this. God, fill us, God, with a clarity around your will for our lives, God. And I pray you'll help us to step into a new place, God, that we'll get over the obstacles that are holding us back from this full life you've called us to. God, we ask your blessing on each one of us as we do that. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Awesome. All right, guys, we're going to take up the offering now. And, uh, you know, this is, if you're a visitor here, you don't have to give into this. This is for our church family. This is how we fund what's going on here and, and all the things we do to reach out to our community and to the world. But look, as we do that, you can put your Connect card in there as well. So if you want to take a moment and write down a leap of faith, uh, you can put it in there. If there's anything else you want to do, if you want to be baptized, get part of a small group, be a part of the Dream Team, then you can put that on that Connect card, throw it in there as well. If the bags go past before you can put it in, there's a drop box down by our information area at the bottom of the stairs. You can put it in there or hand it in uh, at the um, info area. That would mean the world to us. But for now, we're going to stand. We're going to celebrate Him one more time. So come on, let's get to our feet. Let's do this together. And uh, would, you, would you do me the honor of just pausing in the midst of all this and say, Jesus, is there a leap that I need to take this week?